Members of the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily reflect the views of the various organizations they work with. Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. But you knew that. Oh, and real pilots fly Cessnas. So... I'm looking over the items, the the uh, the the few items right, that are on our little list here, but here's the one. The one that caught my attention first is one that is. I don't know whether this is a candidate for off-field landing of the week or not. All right, but uh, this is the guy who landed near Crawford, Texas. Uh huh. So. Uh, What's this? Do you guys know the story? I read the story, the the, the link there. But uh, so, but this guy is a fan of the president, and he wanted to pay his respects. So he was flying his little airplane uh, near, and he was outside the prohibited don't, area. Don't don't say little airplane. Well, what was it? I don't know, but what what <laughs> his single engine plane? No, but it's what the article says. But but oh, it restored Piper Cub. There you go. Well, that's the little airplane. Okay. I don't mean that in a in, in any kind of well, you know critical way. Piper I understand. I understand. But so many. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I mean, so so many people say little airplane. Talking about you know, you say my debonair, but this thing's bigger than my truck. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, you know. so so he landed his 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 classic airplane. Uh, uh, in a field, apparently, uh, near the ranch. Apparently, you, the gate, because he was going to go post a note on the gate to the ranch. <laughs> Dear now, George. This is, a, this is quite a story. Apparently, this guy, I, I don't quite know the context. Dave, you posted this. Do you know the background on this story? Well, the guy was... Uh, the guy was rescued, right? Yeah, he was doing some kind of uh, record flight in a restored cub he dubbed Liberty Girl. And it suffered engine problems about 80 miles off the coast of the Dominican Republic back in February. And being the good folks that we are, and I believe the gentleman's, uh, uh, I believe he's from the UK, uh, a, a British gentleman, and he uh, uh, it goes by the flying vet under some <laughs> titles. And so the you know um, the United States, being the good folks that we are, happen to have some uh, Coast Guard people. Out in that part of the ocean, and they, as it, it, as it said, plucked him from the waters right. after he ditched Liberty Girl off the coast of the Dominican Republic. And uh, he uh, he's 62 years old. Uh, he's uh, not in the best of health. I believe he's uh, got an ailment that makes him look uh, and, and act a little bit arthritis that yeah. uh, keeps him from walking a straight line. He's got some physical constraints. Something that I'm going to remember the next time I'm out. What's that? <laughs> the arthritis slide. <laughs> no, no, that's arthritis, officer. Right? Yeah, no. So, <laughs> so he lands six miles from from uh, uh, the. Uh, uh, the Bush Ranch in Crawford. The Bush Ranch, three miles outside the uh, uh, permanent prohibited area. Yeah. In a field. In a field. And he wanted- in a field, and he was going to hike over and leave a thank you note for his rescue to President Bush. And Secret for Service his, didn't think this was a clever idea. Apparently, well, apparently, uh, you know, they've got uh, they they've got a little trouble with their navigation and mileage skills. Yeah, he because he makes a perfectly legal landing. 
He made a, you know, and, unless there's some county or state ordinance that bans him from uh, uh, landing out where he did, there's nothing in the FARs that uh, necessarily keeps him from landing out where he did, and certainly not his proximity to the prohibited area because he was three freaking miles away. <laughs> so but he, he, was, he was- got locked up, uh, and under what charges they're still trying to figure out. And is he still locked up? Last I heard. Well, well, yeah, I, I don't have I, much to say about this. Uh, I, I think um, in the immortal words of uh, Monty Python, this is too silly. Too silly, <laughs> too silly. Too silly, too silly. Um, he's, he's, he's got a website, kirkflyingvet.com. Right, but this is prior okay. to his getting busted, right? This is his, his ongoing website. Well, yeah, that's it. You know, the one that uh, that he set up for his uh, uh, memorial to to veterans in his uh, Liberty Girl Cub, and uh, so you can learn more about him there. Uh, as far as the uh, TFR, well, that's tfr.faa.gov, and if you look at it, you'll see that six miles is not three miles. Three miles, yeah. he's a Secret Service bust. Uh, you know, he's got major, major issues uh, with uh, with the TSA and the DHS and the Secret Service and the FAA and landing six miles out of it. I'm not sure what their freaking problem is. Uh, except maybe you well, know uh, another case of the uh, upper appendage overloading the lower appendage. That's, well, that's there, there is that. I think also that you know they really just wanted to actually talk to somebody who actually thought the president had done something correct. Okay, and, now and we're straying. Now and we're thanking the president for his service, etc. Maybe they maybe they do in fact think that the guy's a little off his rocker. Maybe, you know, all of his cylinders aren't hitting on the same uh, at the same time. That's right. Maybe uh, his elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. Um, maybe he's a few uh, crackers short of a cracker jack. I don't know. Um, uh, who, who knows what the Secret Service does? The only thing I know from my limited experience with them is they have absolutely no sense of humor. Well, it's, it's kind of a good thing in the long run. Anyways, well, it depends on your orientation, I guess. Well, speaking of just too silly, let me say uh, welcome, folks, to episode number 80 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. We're recording this podcast on Thursday evening, May 1, 2008. Mayday! Mayday, Mayday! May could be that. No, 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 not that kind of Mayday. Not that kind of, yeah. So it's going to be a good episode, not a problem. We're not calling for help. Let me say hi to the gang who are here in the virtual hangar this evening. One of those voices is Jeb Burnside. Jeb is an aviation journalist, currently serving as editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. And he's talking to us from Sarasota, Florida. Hi, Jeb. Uh, hi there. Hi. How are we doing? <laughs> doing his Max Headroom invitation. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Now you're, you're taking over for Dave. Usually it's Dave I have to bleep, but I'm, I'm gonna. I've had to. I just had to bleep you back there. Oh, the the night is young. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and the moon uh, is well. The moon ain't up yet. Yeah, the moon right. ain't up yet. I don't think it's going to be full tonight, but. Uh, it uh, may not be full, but we will be. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Uh-huh. Yes, indeed. How's everybody doing tonight? Let me ask the questions for a chat. Um, How's everybody doing tonight? Jack, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm how's doing your week? Good. How's your week been? It's been a it's been, weekend. It's Thursday. No, how, how's your week, week been? been? Oh, okay. Uh, it's been good. I'm, I'm back from my yeah. trip. My I, I was off on another one of my trips last week, and uh, it, it's, it's, see, you know, truly, 
we did this four days ago. Yeah, I know. You know, I know. For, for people who are keeping track, keeping score at home, uh, we recorded an episode last Sunday. Now it's Thursday night, so it's four days later. So, uh, uh, and we're doing this in order to get back onto our Thursday night schedule, which is what we right. prefer. And uh, right. so, uh, so we, we, I don't know whether this will be a short episode or not. And typically, when we have a shorter list of subjects to talk about, it ends up being a longer episode. But uh, we'll see how that Yeah, works. it's uh, like most, most there, there I was stories. The less there is to it, the longer it takes to get around the hangar. That's right. That's right. It's not like we're susceptible to getting off on tangents or anything. No, no, no. no, no. no that's <laughs> geometry. We wouldn't indulge in geometry. That's true. That's true. And, and, and trigonometry, of course, is not something. We, we took woodshop instead of trigonometry. So. <laughs> don't, don't the basics of Bondo 101. That's right. That's right. And that other voice out there is Dave Higdon. Dave is an aviation photographer, a senior editor for Kit Planes Magazine, and the U.S. editor for London's World Aircraft Sales Magazine. And he's talking to us from Wichita, Kansas. Hi, Dave. How's everybody? We're doing good. We're doing good. It's it's it's, it's a crazy life. It's a crazy life, but we're chugging along, doing the best we can. Well, we have had some great, great kite flying weather here the last couple of days. So. Really? <laughs> what does that and what does that translate to in terms of regular old airplane flying weather? Well, you know, if, uh, if if you really want to impress somebody with your short takeoff technique, yesterday's uh, gust into the upper 30s would have been a good day for it. Yeah. You yeah. can just shorten that takeoff roll a whole bunch when you got 30 knots on the nose. Yeah, really. I happened to glance at the weather radar, the national weather radar, a few days ago, and there was some nasty uh, red and orange returns from your part of the country. Yeah, we put out the sky shield and we barely got a dribble. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, sky shield. Sky shield. Yes, that's right. Uh, I can't sky tell you about shield. that, or I'd have to kill your internet connection. Uh huh. So uh-huh. now we're we're definitely into official tornado season out there. Have you had any of that kind of uh, activity yet? No, but Virginia sure has. Virginia sure, got covered. Yeah, they sure did. What uh, part of Virginia was that? I kept looking to Suffolk, Virginia, which is south of um, of Norfolk. My daughter's in school north of Norfolk, and she said, you know, they got a bunch of rain and, and thunderstorm and everything like that, but obviously no tornadoes. Well, uh, and, uh, Arkansas got hit a few weeks ago or in, in uh, the early part of April, yeah. uh, including North Little Rock Airport, and the two FBOs there are struggling to, uh, to overcome. So if you're passing through, there's two FBOs. That could really use your fuel business. Yeah, and th- mm-hmm. is that the airport that had the, all those beautiful airplanes that got got wrecked? What was that? We- uh huh. That's North Little Rock. I mean, it sounds yeah. like some really really sad stories there. It's not. Oh, just it moved one. to DC three about a half a mile and into a ditch. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you think I, about I what it takes to move to DC three? I could have done that without the tornado. Yeah, okay. Well, you've been eating chili again. <laughs> <laughs> no, all I gotta do is crank the engines up and try to taxi the the girl, <laughs> or, or, or better yet, try to land it. <laughs> oh yeah! All right, and I am Jack Hodgson. I'm a private. Pilot, Our Jack S, a, a freelance writer and a new media producer. I'm up here in Boston, Massachusetts. He's gonna come out and hurt you, Hicks. That's right. That's right. So what's in the news here? So apparently, um, Florida has passed the no tax or less tax or fix the the excise tax on airplanes law oh, the house of representatives uh of florida oh really so it's passed. not both sides yet that's uh, what i get no. for not reading the story tell me what's going on 
Um, well, I don't know that much about it. I, I someone else found this, and I, I quite honestly, quite honestly, have been a little bit preoccupied with some other things this week, and just haven't followed up on this. But um, just looking at the news story here from Marionette News, um, Florida House Bill thirteen seventy nine was passed um, by the House of Representatives in Tallahassee, not the Federal House of Representatives, um, and now goes to the Senate. Um, for it's for the whatever the Senate whatever voodoo the Senate will do, um, and then it'll go to the governor. Um, basically, uh, it clarifies some of the gray areas in the Florida uh, state law relative to the use tax in Florida. Um, let's see. Um, looking for. Uh, okay, here it is. The The legislation would allow aircraft to be in Florida for a total of 21 days plus up to 20 days for maintenance um, within the first six months of its ownership without triggering the use tax. Um, the bill would also exempt new aircraft owners who come to Florida for flight training during the time during the six-month time frame. This is according to the Florida Aviation Trades Association, which... Um, I've always had uh, um, a good, uh, fuzzy, f- warm feeling from. They usually get it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're a very if, professional if, outfit. Yeah, if if um, if they say this, then I would I would tend to try to take that to the bank. Well, this is um, good, I guess, right? Yeah. Well, it's a move in the right direction. Yeah, it's, sure. it's definitely a move in the right direction. Is there Absolutely. any hope that this will now influence some of the other states, most notably Maine? To not well, a Maine apparently just went the other <laughs> not direction. A yeah, Maine apparently is going the other direction as far as it can. So um, excuse me. So I, I, you know, I don't. There was something on AOPA, um, a- AOPA's email newsletter, or, or something like that recently. Maybe it was an AvWeb re- referencing AOPA, but um, they were basically saying that uh, um, although the main, the, the the critical offices in Maine with. Uh, uh, um, jurisdiction over this question have been lobbied and lobbied hard they're pretty immovable mm-hmm. uh, when it comes down to it and you know I'm not I'm not suggesting that they're right I'm not suggesting that uh, um, um, that there's not uh, uh, this is a good thing by any stretch of the imagination but if you look at some of the straits some of these states are yeah. finding themselves in with the current downturn in the economy um, property tax revenues, especially with the housing crisis, everything is going down the tubes. All of their revenue sources are drying up or at least minimizing themselves. So they're really out there scraping. States and local governments are really out there scraping for every last dollar. Um, Maine is is doing what Maine can do. My advice is to stay the heck out of there. Yeah, well, that's, you know, it's, 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 it's a shame. But I could throw a rock into Maine from my airport is the problem. I understand. It's, it's, it's tough for a lot of states there. right now, and if they're used to getting this revenue, or you know, if they're used to the idea of getting a revenue, it's awfully hard for, for, for lawmakers to give it up. In the case of Florida, what essentially is going on with uh, House Bill 1379 is that they're kind of normalizing the airplane rules with rules that exist, similar rules that exist for boats and, and motorhomes, RVs that people point. bring to the state. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they're not eliminating the tax that uh, that was uh, being poorly applied to some aviators, uh, but they are making the rules match 
and it does open up a window because you know you've got more time to come in. They're exempting 20 days for maintenance. They're exempting uh, time for flight training and giving you 21 days of R and R time on top of it. So that's a fairly liberal uh, uh, change for mm-hmm. them. And you bust that, and you're still liable for the tax if they catch you. Mm-hmm. Maine, on the other hand, seemed to have done some kind of projection saying that if they held on to this, that they would be uh, uh, in line to tune up, I think it was, well, several million dollars in revenue that the mm-hmm. state obviously feels it needs. Not recognizing that as people who own aircraft, uh, become aware of this potential liability, that they're apt to avoid the state altogether and shrink that uh, that uh, uh, revenue possibility to a very great extent and wind up getting you know little or nothing. And I think I, I it ignores the, the the ancillary spending that goes on when people visit. You know, they spend money in hotels and restaurants. Uh, you know, if they're doing keep the tour mind, things, you're going skiing. Keep in mind that these are not. Um, Dumb people. No, and I not. wouldn't be the least bit surprised to learn that somewhere in the main state government resides a spreadsheet on a computer that says we will actually have a net gain of revenue if we tax <clears throat> these aircraft because there are so few of them, and doing so will impact so few people. And so so few people will decide not to come to Maine because of this tax. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm just, forewarned I'm just is forearmed, as right. they say. No, abs- I mean, absolutely you know, right. This, uh, you know, it's something to pay attention to, and it would even be a decent question for anybody that's fortunate enough to have a new airplane. Mm-hmm. To uh, check on any state that they're thinking about visiting, uh, Ab- absolutely, it would be. Yeah. You know, put the question to uh, to somebody at AOPA, uh, mm-hmm. or uh, if you've got a tax accountant, uh, you know, uh, call them up and say, "Hey, what can you tell me about this?" It might be worth seventy five bucks an hour of your accountant's time to find out that if you drop into this state in an airplane that's under a year or under six months old, they're going to try to zap you for two or three percent of six figures. Mm-hmm. That'd be money well spent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. Forewarned, forewarned is forearmed. Forearmed is forewarned. Um, and never the twain and nothing hurts like getting forearmed on a football field. <laughs> Let's see here. So I hear through the grapevine. I hear uh, you've the got a grapevine, grapevine too. Huh? I hear through the grapevine that our friend Steve Tupper over at the Airspeed uh, podcast is about uh-huh. to present a very special episode of Airspeed. Uh-huh. Someone uh-huh. we know, let's see now, has been Andretti. Fess up, Jeb. What's going on here? Oh, oh well, Steve um, uh, very graciously invited me to uh, participate on, on one of his recent podcasts. Uh, we got together, um, it's been about a week or so ago now, uh, had a, just a delightful chat. Um, and, um, Are we going to learn anything time. about you that we never knew before? Um. Well, tell everybody about that secret mole and how Jack, it works. Jack, you already know everything there is to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, Steve tells me that this uh, episode will be posted any any day now. Um, any day now. Any minute now. And uh, I know I'm looking forward to it. But uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. And uh, Steve's, 
Steve's, you, uh, Dave has already been there uh, uh, with Steve a while back, and uh, and now he's now. But see, now they're pressuring me to go on there, and I don't know if that's the that's the. Well, Steve, I know you 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 kind of like being the guy twisting the dials, punching the buttons, and I'm more dri- behind driving the, the bus kind of guy. Yeah, I'm more uh, I'm more the question asker than the question answerer. But I was uh, going to say, well, if you were truly behind the scenes, wouldn't you be doing all this with hand signals? Well, yeah. <laughs> I used to be a stage manager. That's how we did it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we're looking yeah, forward Steve, to that. Steve, I've, yeah, I, I've been I'm on stage. Steve. What's yeah, that? Uh, said I was on stage once. The okay. three fifteen to Dodge City. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you had fun was, with that episode. Yeah, I had, I had a lot of fun. Steve obviously came prepared. Uh, t- talked a lot about um, just you know general aviation safety generally, to, to for lack of a better description, um, and and some, a series of questions that that Steve had had spent some time considering and. And um, you know, one one portion of which was design. You know, what can the the male pilot or even the female pilot in a family um, say to the rest of the family about his or her desire to fly and and the safety uh, of flying a light aircraft mm. um, vis-a-vis you know uh, other activities in in which one might become engaged. Uh, we talked a lot about the safety record and and. Uh, um, uh, you know how, how to ensure that uh, one is safe in an airplane. It was a very, very interesting discussion. Sounds interesting. Looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. Speaking of good work that you've been doing, uh, you and the gang over there at AvWeb uh, continue to do some interesting reporting on this F-16 intercept. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, it has sparked a really interesting conversation in the Uncontrolled Airspace forums. It has. Uh, where uh, where one of our listeners has uh, written a fairly long post describing a flight or a pair of, uh, an out and back um, that he made in uh, uh, in his uh, uh, general aviation aircraft with a buddy who is a serious fighter pilot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this was the 172 XP story. Yeah, and uh, yeah, talking about how they made their way through the Moas, going from wherever to the, I guess the LA area, and then or was it Las Vegas? Anyways, that was out in that part of the country, and then, but then coming back, he tells this story about how, you know, apparently the fighter pilot buddy took the controls and actually took it down low and was actually tr- was actually trying to sneak up, quote unquote. I mean, that's a quote, sneak up on some of the. Uh, the fighter planes. The, uh, the the by this account, you know, it, this sort of confirms what we've heard, or what Jeb, you guys have heard, that uh, these intercepts are, are are not an exception. They're they're just no. happening all no. the time. And then if you announce yourself, not only do you not, you know, have a better chance of, of staying away from a military aircraft, but by announcing yourself entering a MOA, you you are more likely to be tracked and uh, and targeted. Yeah, I, I I don't know um everything there is to know about the uh, the self announce versus uh uh try to sneak through without announcing yourself uh question. But I do know that um it's it's from from our research and and uh, uh whatever what reporting we've done here that um it's clear through our reporting that Air Force and, and military aircraft generally um, aren't trying to put space between them and civilian aircraft that enter Ramoa. It's, on the other hand, I, there are times where they are, will actively track these civilian aircraft and uh, um, maybe even form up on them or maybe even <clears throat> conduct mock 
uh, attacks on them. The uh, the reason we know that this we the reason this episode in in the Gladden Moa uh, back in March occurred is because the two VFR aircraft in the MOA were equipped with TCAS, or TCAS-1 or TCAS-2, I don't know which, but they were clearly, uh, they clearly had avionics on board that that told them an aircraft was approaching. Um, Now, they reacted um, to the TCAS warnings, and the military aircraft countered those reactions. Right. Yeah, which which is kind of the 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 germ of the problem here. Right. Okay. The fact it's, that it, they're the fact that they're target they're, they're using these these private aircraft is that's not really is yeah. not really a huge deal. No. The, the the deal is that they pushed it too far. They really crossed a line. And, yeah. The, the the line in my mind is 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 twofold here. One is um, <clears throat> that they've they. In, in, certainly in one instance, and I think in the other instance also, the, the second instance is a little bit more squiggly because the, the crew hasn't come forward and, and uh, discussed this in public. Uh, but in the first instance, that pilot has come forward and, and discussed this thing in public. And basically, he, his, his instrumentation told him that he, was, that he had a head-on, uh, um, uh, uh, I don't know what the correct word is here, I'm drawing a blank, but a, 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 a piece of, uh, an item of traffic approaching from head-on. He maneuvered away from that head-on traffic. The head-on traffic then maneuvered to close with him. Mm-hmm. And that's that was the source, uh, the original source of his concern and, in fact, fear uh, that he was about to collide with another airplane. Um, in the actual fact, just as kind of a refresher here, the F-16 um, basically overflew um, the aircraft, which was a, a PC-12, and then reversed and formed off the guy's left wing. Um, the pilot of the this of the pilot of the PC-12 says the F-16 was 10 to 20 feet. The Air Force says the F-16 was no closer than 600 feet. Uh, there's a little bit of a discrepancy there. Yeah, I, I've, I've known I've known guys that couldn't tell eight inches from one inch. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But not being able I'm, to tell the difference between 20 feet and 600 feet seems to be stretching the stretching th- credibility a little bit. I want to thank Aviation Safety Magazine for putting that article. I, I wasn't aware that you do, do. You guys put many of your articles uh, available to the public at no charge, or how do you, how do you just? Use this is the only one we've done so in in uh, in recent memory. Yeah, and so I, I thank the thank you, you guys at the magazine for making this article. I mentioned it before, and and uh, I was able to read it in the magazine. But uh, it's an interesting article and good to make it available to everybody. I appreciate well, that, that that little thread on the uh, uncontrolled airspace forums is kind of interesting, and uh, I just had one small. Just one small issue with the description of the action, and that was the one that painted the picture of a 172, even an XP. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> creeping, up, creeping up on an F-16. Uh, I've, I've flown a couple of XPs. Uh, I've done aerial photography out of XPs a couple of times. Uh, none of the XPs that I've ever been in or around had the kind of capability that I would think necessary 
to sneak up on an F-16, unless the F-16 was doing that low and slow, high nose attitude, smoke on pass that the Thunderbirds uh, were doing at, uh, at Sun and Fun a few weeks ago, where it looks like into the wind, he's hit going down the runway at about 60 miles an hour. Which, See, I, which I found I'm that, sure they do all the time in a MOA. Yeah, right. No, I found that story fairly plausible. I'm not saying it's true, but I, I you know, there's probably some exaggeration in there. A couple of pilots, I, I found, a fighter I found pilot, a, you know, I found a lot of it very plausible and very sensible. It, it, I think it, you could have kind of, the guy. Kind of, I had trouble with a 120 knot airplane catching up on one that doesn't land at 120 well, knots, but that's that's another story. Read everybody should read the uh, post. We'll put a link in the show notes, or you can find it by going into the forums. And, and I say this in all good humor. I, yeah. I, you know, if, it's yeah. an interesting. If I can't find something once a week to jerk somebody's chain on in the forum, <laughs> then we're getting way too serious. Yeah, that's true. That's it's a great true. story, and it's a great thread. And uh, you know, <clears throat> t- take a look. In the it is. It is an excellent thread. Definitely yeah. worth a visit. You know, the, the other big story here this week. Yeah. Our top story tonight um, is whatever is going on in the Senate. With Yay, man. To, That's what I was yeah. going to mention. This is in the, this is in the category of don't count your chickens before they're hatched, I guess. Right? Yeah, this is in the category of keep rubbing that rabbit's foot. Yeah. So we thought that it was pretty much a done deal that the Senate was going to pass a... a, a, a or, you know, a FAA reauthorization that was good enough to go and get signed and so forth. But well, no, we thought we thought what we thought and talked about was the Senate was going to pass a bill that was to our liking, right? Uh, in terms of user fees, gas tax increases, and so forth, and that that would have to go for reconciliation with the House right. bill, which and we, we also it, like a great deal of. Yeah, but we've known for you know we've known throughout this that there's an unpredictable element in this and one that we can count on, count on, count on, like sunrise Friday morning to screw the pooch, mm-hmm. if at all possible, because there's a seven-and-a-half-year track record of them screwing the pooch on just about everything they wrap their fingers around, and that's the White House. Mm-hmm. And their OMB Not that you says, feel something about any of this. Yeah, really. Uh, you know, this just toasts my cookies because... <laughs> I just like your efforts. Go ahead. Yeah, it's just toast my cookies because they are lying again. Yeah. This is, you know, this isn't a debate. I'm not talking about the debate over whether Congress should be messing with the FAA's plan to rearrange traffic over the New York Kennedy LaGuardia Newark airspace. I'm even not even talking about the plan that the Senate has in its bill that would rein in DOT's plan for congestion pricing for airlines at some airports to ostensibly help relieve congestion well, and delays. See, what I got a problem with even, is this BS line that this is an unpredictable funding stream and we don't think it covers the needs and it's just totally unacceptable that you're not going to slap a bunch of, uh, oh, this is an inefficient, this is the one that cooks me, an inefficient way to fund the FAA. So in place of something that costs about three-tenths of 1% of the revenue collected to collect, account for, and distribute, they want a system in place that costs 3%, 10 times more, takes money away from funding. Their proposal provided less money 
for air traffic modernization, and they're saying that this is inefficient and wrong? Come on. Well, because, I mean, this is just a freaking lie. Playing out and out, they're sucking up the ATA. David, it, it, it's, it's, it's inefficient because then they have to go funnel the money to Harris and Boeing and Lockheed Martin and, and all of these other defense contractors more directly rather than doing it through the FAA. That's why yeah. it's inefficient. Okay. Well, the, hey, but let me let me interject okay, something. Go ahead. What we're talking about is uh, earlier this week in the Senate, uh, they decided finally to take up the Senate version of FAA reauthorization. They were going to do it today, and um, well, they debated uh, the, today. Well, they did debate today, but um, what was going on, or what had, one of the holdups had been, um, of course. Uh, user fees and the way the FAA was going to be funded. That capitulation basically occurred over the weekend, um, and that issue apparently has been resolved. Now what's holding up the, the, the works here is some strong language um, in the bill, apparently, which addresses airline uh, pensions yeah. and um, uh, specifically tries to protect the rights of airline employees in the situations uh, in situations involving the airline going bankrupt. Of course. You, oh, you mean like the dozen times it's happened in the last dozen years right. where the pensioners right. didn't even get Vaseline or kissed? Yeah. Just, just sand. That's all they got. That's right. Well, man. there, there are those in the Senate who, uh, uh, shall we say, are, are more interested in protecting the airlines than they are the airline retirees. Yes. Yes. So Thank. they are, they are trying to water down those provisions, and that's where a lot of the um, the stalling has come from. There's yeah. an article here tonight on um, on CNN.com out of the Dow Jones News Service that was posted. Uh, about an hour and a half before we, uh, 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 before I started talking about this, um, basically this says that they have agreed to disagree for the time being. They have rescheduled a vote on Tuesday for Tuesday of next week. And in the meantime, they will try to resolve all of these uh, little uh, last-minute issues. That has nothing whatsoever to do. With whether or not this, the, 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 the easy for me to say whether or not the White House is going to take this thing up. Now, do uh, you think though is it possible that the White House is th- these threats veto threats are just posturing in order to save face a, on behalf of the ATA? They want to be able to say, "Oh well, we tried, but it just wasn't going to work out. We didn't, you know, we didn't totally bail on you." Or- the, the statement they make, the, the statement that I saw coming out of the White House, was fairly lukewarm okay it wasn't lying in the sand territory it was um you know please don't throw me in that briar patch territory mm-hmm. um i i gave up it with 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 certain exceptions i gave up trying to predict what this white house is going to do about six and a half years ago so we just got to keep an eye on it. Is there anything we can do to uh, talk to our senators and our congressmen? Or is well, it, yeah, it wouldn't hurt. You, absolutely, it wouldn't absolutely. hurt. Absolutely, and 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 when you when when you touch base with them, tell them that you don't appreciate being lied to. Yeah, this because is a, this isn't this is an obfuscation. This isn't a misunderstanding. This is just an out and out fabrication. Yeah. Now this a, is a lie by right. any other word. It's yeah. just BS. 
Now, as far as uh, as far as this podcast is concerned, this is this subject is a pretty fast moving target. We're recording on Thursday night. This will probably go up on the net Saturday, probably. And this could be, you know, what 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 did the what did the captain in Top Gun say? You know, it's like you know, well, we can have the uh, we can have the relief fighters there in ten minutes. He says this is going to be over in two, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, it, it, this could this, be done. This before. this won't this won't be over. Uh, this won't be over. I, th- no. I think actually he said it a little bit more colorfully. He than probably that. did, but uh, yeah, I'm leaving this the bleeps won't, to you. This guys. won't be over even if the Senate votes something out. Yeah. Well, uh, keep it's got to go also. to a conference committee with right. the, with the right. House to reconcile the differences between their version and the Senate version before it goes to the president. Well, and does does input from constituents have an influence on the conference committees? It can, okay. but can. it's going to have this- more influence on the floor. Right. In this in this case, probably will not unless you happen to have a senator or a representative sitting on the conference committee. Right. Yeah. And right. if you, if you want to know if you have a senator or representative sitting on the conference committee, um, you go look and see if your senator or representative um, is a member of or a top member of House Transportation and Infrastructure or Senate Commerce. Top three or four members of those committees will be on the conference committee. Keep your eyes open for this one, and if you're so inclined, drop a note to your Congress people and uh, let them know what you think. Yeah, the even fat if that lady ain't so, close to singing. Yeah, fat lady ain't even warmed up on this one yet. Okay. No, and, she hadn't uh, even heard the orchestra yet. The, the only the only way that they would avoid a conference committee is if the Senate took uh, the House bill and didn't change a word of it, and that ain't going to happen. Right. No. Right. Okay. Moving on. Let's Moving see now. Moving on. Time in, to take a drink. In my new, in my new favorite av- aviation blog, which is the Kit Planes News Blog, um, there's a. They called attention to a really an interesting website. Uh, it's called Runway Finder. Have you guys taken a look at this? I I, I was looking at it earlier, and then I clicked on something else. This I'll, is so I'll... totally the way that that um, aviation you know, sectionals ought to be displayed on the net. You know, there's a couple of sites out there, been there for a while, that display sectionals, but they're very, I don't know what you'd call it, modi, modal, that, that, you know, it's like you're looking at one chart, and then when you get to the edge of the chart, you have to kind of click out and then reload the next chart, and it's not very smooth. This guy, and apparently it's a website that's been created by an individual, which is actually one of its downsides, but... Uh, <laughs> But he's taken all of the uh, U.S. sectionals, and he's apparently using the Google Maps technology. And so you've got a Google Maps-type user interface, but instead of seeing satellite view or map view, you actually see the uh, aviation sectionals, which I think it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun to... I'm a map guy anyway, so, but now I can kind of wander the sectionals unhindered by, by boundaries. It's uh, mm-hmm. kind of cool. It's runwayfinder.com. And uh, I'm not sure if. Now, explain it, to me the value here. Explain to me what this does. Uh, I, it's fun. Okay. If you're, if you're a map guy, you know. Well, okay. So it's just it's just a, an online series collection of the sectionals, kind of basically digitally pasted together. Well, and I think that this is the beginning of something that could become very powerful. Now you've got a platform on which to overlay other data that could be uh-huh. real time data. Well, uh-huh. just looking at it right now. Now he's got a lot of airports uh, well, indicated here. Um, yeah, got all these little balloons up. Right, and he doesn't uh-huh. provide an awful lot of information, but but a lot of them have the latest uh, uh, ATIS well, information. The, the only thing I was going to say is there's another site out there that's been out there for a while. What's that? It's called SkyVector.com. 
That's the one that I was referring to, but I wish that one weren't so modal. I wish you didn't have to kind of keep jumping right. from one sectional to another. But that is a good and one, that's, and that's the one that I've always gone to, no question. That's a problem with that site. One of the things, though, that that site does that I don't see uh, Runway Finder doing is um, link the uh, current uh, FAA weather observation data to the airport and show it on the map, which which uh, uh, skyvector.com will do. Well, no, if you click on one of those little symbols for an airport, uh-huh. um, it uh-huh. pops up a bubble that with, with oh, okay. some weather uh, information, uh, how, how right. recent it is is a, another right. question. Well, well, the, right. thing I, that I, I, the thing, thing that I mind. find most intriguing about Runway Finder, uh, looking at it and playing with it some today, is if you go to the uh, Runway Finder home page it shows this map and and it shows you the assembly of sectionals in a way that you you can Mm -hmm. kind of figure out what sectional you're looking at but there are little white balloons that are tfrs or tfrs to be Mm. well that's what those are oh that is interesting okay because i just clicked on the one that i thought was about where Wichita Midcontinent is, and it says Kansas ICT 857.99 Presidential Events Surface to 17999 MSL Active in two days. That is cool. See, that's what I'm and talking I, about. Being and able I to, happen yeah. to know what that's for. Uh, town about a hundred miles, and there's another one uh, for an airport far west of Wichita, about a hundred miles west, says the same thing. Uh, KSICT 857.99 versus, uh, yep, they both say 857.99, active in two days. Uh, a little town about 100 miles west of Wichita called Greensburg, Kansas, which I believe a year ago on May 3rd or thereabouts was 85% destroyed Mm-hmm. by an F5 tornado, tornado sure. that was two and a half miles in diameter. Mm-hmm. Came at night, but all the forces of technology worked pretty well. Uh, storm warnings, weather alert systems, and, all, and, and I believe there were only a couple of casualties in town. Mm-hmm. It was a very small number considering the size of the town. But it wiped out more than 85% of the, of the town. Right. And uh, our chief executive officer of the federal government is coming out here in a couple of days uh, for a repeat visit to see the progress in uh, the town's rebirth, Greensburg, Kansas. So, you know, and I'm looking around. There's another one down in Texas. Well, how about that? It happens to be the uh, Crawford, Texas ranch. And the vicinity of it says, there's a presidential event service to 17999 MSL active in 20 hours, mm-hmm. which means that the guy's going to visit his ranch before he goes up to comes up here to visit. And then here's another one uh, for a fire, firefighting activities. And here's another one out in California. It says miscellaneous, 4,100 MSL to 18,000. Don't know what that is. And, it's a miscellaneous. Uh, Frederick Municipal Airport. And that's just weather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So it's kind of cool. I think it's it's a great. I think it's more of a proof of concept than anything else. It, it does appear to be done by an individual who's just sort of a personal project. Um, appears to be someone named Dave Parsons. It's a great, a great. Uh, it's idea. a great resource. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And it's the it's the beginning of a great thing. Um, but you, when when you first go to the web page, occasionally there's a little alert message that pops up that gives you latest latest you know notes and information. And one I saw recently said said you know I haven't had haven't had a chance to update the new charts recently or something like that. So it's not something that you can totally rely on for yet, anyways. Um, yeah. But uh, he does have a little button for me. Making a donation if you like it, um, you might want to give him a little reward that might uh, make it possible for him to keep it up and uh, find some other resources to uh, to uh, continue to provide this information because it's pretty cool. And, yeah, it uh, is kind of neat. Not that pilots are gadget freaks or technology nah. you know, geeks or anything like nah, that. Nothing no, like no, that. Not us. That's right. Did you did you did you pay attention to what we talked about in last week's podcast? Because boy, we went crazy talking about gadget and gadgets and gear. It was just like that was a great I slept episode. through the whole thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Um, Speaking of the Kit Planes blog, um, our friend Amy, who uh, on the podcast last week or last time uh, talked a bit about. Uh, she and her husband's uh, RV10. Uh, she's actually posted a couple of interesting stories on the Kit Planes blog, uh, going into more detail about the uh, process. Some of the things that she told us a little bit about in the podcast, she goes into more detail at the blog. So uh, I'm, I'm blatantly plugging the Kit Planes uh, blog uh, today. It's Kit. Yes, you are, and we thank you. It's kitplanesmag.blogspot.com, and. Uh, and I'm enjoying it. Lots of interesting stories there. Um, even though there, I mean, it got started during uh, during Sun and Fun, where there were lots of posts. But even since Sun and Fun, they've been updating it on a pretty regular basis. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Yes, sir. Interesting stuff. So, David, what did you mean when you posted "Got some spring or summer flying plans"? What's uh, What's in your mind? Well, I was I was uh, at this little collection of reprobate pilots Monday evening, and. That's actually, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be redundant. Yeah. <laughs> I was at this little collection of pilots Monday evening, and uh, was talking to a couple of my friends there. And, uh, you know, we were waiting wow, for dinner. Wow, you have friends also? We're, we're, yeah, two. two. One for my left hand, one for my right hand. Uh, and I understand if I introduce one of them to you, it'll double yours. Uh, but moving on, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, subject of summer travel. In the little airplane for a number of these guys was a hot topic, uh, particularly among a couple of them whose airplanes are in the shop right now for a variety of reasons. One guy's got the airplane in for annual, which, you know, try like he will, it seems to come up every year. And, uh, well, it seems that when the airplane showed up at this particular shop for this particular annual, uh, there was some questions about some past annuals by some past shops that are uh, going to delay its return to service because of uh, uh, the need to reconcile some paperwork, little things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and the guy's paid close attention to what's happened to American Airlines and mm-hmm. doesn't want that to happen to him. Uh, he doesn't want to be grounded for a wiring inspection or something. Right. Uh, but it, it struck me that, uh, you know, it's we're recording on May 1. Memorial Day weekend is, oh, let me tear off the page of this calendar. Rip. Oh, Chimini. Memorial Day weekend is just uh, one, two, three, four weeks out. 
the start of some official summer travel by a lot of people. And it occurred to me some of our listeners, some of our friends might be uh, looking at planning some summer trips. And I thought it wouldn't be bad to hear from a few of them on the forum that maybe we could talk about in a subsequent episode on, you know, the kind of trips they like to take, whether they're planning or fewer trips this year than usual and huh. why, uh, whether they're planning no trips this year and why, and what they do to, to gear up for it. Because, as we all know, there are way too many pilots that fly way less than they'd like to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And very often, you know, the big family trip in the spring or summer may be the first big trip that they've taken since last spring or summer. That's right. And, you know, so uh, what what do you do special to get tuned up for that? What do you do special, to, you know, aside from an annual, to make sure the airplane's tuned up for that? And what kind of places do you take the family or go to? I yeah. mean, we've talked about monthly flying breakfast to Ponca City and monthly flying breakfast to Beaumont and, and uh, uh, you know, big events that lots of us like to go to and lots of others want to go to. But my favorite part of having an airplane when we had one, and what I hope to get back to someday in my lifespan, is jumping in the airplane and going over the river and over the woods to see the grandkids. Or jumping in the airplane because I got a few days free and taking the bride, my favorite co-pilot, down to someplace like New Orleans for three or four days of eating too much, drinking too much, sleeping late. Enjoying a lot of jazz, wait, 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 or wait, maybe wait. popping up to maybe popping up for God help me to Midway to wait do the same thing in Chicago. But I agree, it would be great to hear from some of our listeners. There's already that kind of conversation going on in the forums a little bit, but to focus it on uh, on you know what what kind of now that now that the weather's turned nice and uh, well, you know, a couple of couple of the guys that uh, that I that, that I saw Monday night, uh, you know, were querying me about Oshkosh. Which of course is on my dance card. Uh, you know, I hope that there's not a year when I'm upright, ambulatory, and able to take nourishment on my own that Oshkosh is not on my dance card. Mm-hmm. But uh, they were debating, you know, planning going up. Uh, they were starting to think about it now because they knew the closer they get, the more difficult housing might be. And we talked a little bit about. You know, housing options like the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. Uh, they run a bus service there. The rooms are cheap. You probably, it's probably too late to get in there, but it's worth trying. Uh, and other options: Appleton, Fond du Lac, uh, so forth. The AA Housing Bureau. And then I asked him. I said, "Have you guys ordered the NOTAM yet?" And I got what this big, wide-eyed. Wow, you can order it already? I said, "Yeah, for about a week." And took the opportunity to uh, explain to them that if they happen to listen to General Aviation's Best Hangar Flying podcast, that they may have heard by now that the NOTAM's available. Uh, and they looked at the shirt that I was wearing and going, uncontrolled airspace, well, that suits your personality, but uh, that's another story. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, you know, a couple of them were planning on taking uh, family out to Colorado. Well, matter of fact, a friend of mine was able to uh, collect parents in St. Louis. I'm sorry, collect daughter from Centennial in Colorado, 
and then fly back to Spirit of St. Louis and spend a holiday for him, uh, for him and his folks, a holiday weekend in the St. Louis area, then fly daughter and her fiancé back to Centennial and be home late on Sunday evening and all do it, you know, from Friday morning to Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Now, he could have done that on the airlines. He could have afforded to do that on the airlines, and he would have missed about – 20% of the quality time that he got to spend with family had he not done it on his own. Mm-hmm. So it's one of my favorite things about the little airplane business, about the little airplane community. Jump in the airplane and go to Dallas for the weekend. Jump in the airplane and go to Kansas City or St. Louis or Omaha or visit the Mall of America or you know someplace. Yeah. So how do you do that? How do you plan for it? What do you plan on doing? And if you're not... Why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll create a category in the uh, forums, and uh, we'd love to hear from folks about uh, their summer plans for flying. Yeah. That'd be great. What, what, yeah, what I'm going to do on my summer vacation. That's right. And uh, no more than 500 words, and we will not grade on spelling and grammar. Because <laughs> otherwise we'd be in big trouble. Big right. trouble. You guys have been great, by the way. I think the two of you have kind of taken over the uh, the forum. The two of you have been posting a lot lately. And uh, I was in there this morning and decided that I've been in there way too much. I'm no, going to sit no. down and sit on my hands yeah. for a week. No, no, you can't be in there too much. It's great. It's uh, lots. I, I just I try to check it once a day now at least. Yep. And, and uh, you know, if there's something that I can contribute to, or there's something that you know takes my name in vain, or something like, which is frequent, uh, you know, I'll, I'll chime in. But um, otherwise, you know, let let it go, let it rip. Yeah. Oh, there's some good stuff going on there. Yeah. Yep. Well, we're reaching the end of a uh, shorter than usual uh, visit in the virtual hangar here. One one thing I wanted to point out in sort of a, a, a shout out here is, uh, and and this is I think actually this is a surprise to you guys. I think I may have neglected to point to, to inform you about this, but, but we've been talking among ourselves with the various podcast aviation podcasters, and uh, it's shaping up that uh, that the second edition of Podcastapalooza, the gathering of the aviation <laughs> podcasters, um, is going to happen again at, at Oshkosh this summer. Um, we, it is tentative, but almost almost official that it's going to be held on uh, Friday afternoon of AV, of Air Venture 2008. Um, it, last year, it was held in the midst of the afternoon. They're going to do it a little differently this year. Um, they're going to hold it uh, right after the daily air show. And part of the reason for doing it then is that apparently they've managed, uh, EA Radio, our friends over at EA Radio have managed to uh, wire up all of the forum hangers this year so that they can broadcast live from the forum hangers. And Podcast Palooza will be broadcast live on EA Radio. On Yeah, Friday. last year we did it at about 5 o'clock. Right. We actually did it. And uh, the air show was still going on. still going on. So, we had a little competition from the uh, pyrotechnics crew. That's right. Yeah. So, so mark your calendars if you're planning to uh, be at AirVenture 2008 that uh, Friday afternoon. There's going to be a lot of activities. We're putting together plans for doing uncontrolled airspace there as well. And we'll, we'll give you more about that when the time comes. But it's looking well, like... That would be Friday, August 1, would it not? I don't have a calendar in front of me, but it's the Friday of AirVenture. Um, yeah, that would be August Friday, 1 August would be right. Podcast of Palooza 2 uh, on Friday evening of AirVenture 2. Electric Boogaloo. That's right. Electric Boogaloo. What else? You guys got any shout-outs? Any other items we should uh, chat about before? No, you covered you covered Steve. Um, and covered Podcast of Palooza. 
reauthorization, how not to get intercepted by an F-16 or how to sneak up on an F-16 and a 172XP. That's right. Uh, we, t- we explained the story, the, the truth behind uh, the American government. Uh, we've got that all straightened out. Uh, we, uh, we haven't explained I'm, Jumbo I'm, Shrimp yet. No, we haven't ran Jumbo Shrimp or Shrimp Scampi, for that matter, Yeah, um, which is another one of those puzzles. But uh, we'll leave that one, because we might leave something on the list for some future day. That's true. That's true. (laughs) On that note, if you want to learn more about Dave Higdon, you can check out some of his writing at kitplanes.com and avbuyer.com slash worldaircraftsales, or just Google his name. Uh, and, you uh, could also just, find me at aea.net. Aea.net. Okay, that's another good one. All oh, right. That's cool. Yeah. And Jeb Burnside is at jebburnside.com or aviationsafetymagazine.com or avweb.com, and myself at jackhodgson.com or aroundthefield.net. And visit us all, including the forums, at uncontrolledairspace.com. So, thank you everyone for joining us on this abbreviated version of the Virtual Hangar. We'll be back in seven days with a full-blown one, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you again at that time. Blowing the next one up, folks. Full blown. Yeah. Okay. So long. Happy flying. Say good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. That's true. Well, did, did you did you hear the great uh, um, giant squid controversy? I don't want a pickle. I just want to ride on my motorcycle.